Well, good morning and welcome once again. And uh, here for another installment. We're at our, our Palm Sunday. This one here always seems to sneak up on me. We get refreshed to be in a new year and we start new things and new series. And before we know it, we're, we're here at, at this one. And it can be difficult sometimes that we uh, have certain things that's suspected to talk about certain times of the calendar. And this is one of them. And uh, it could be a challenge because we go through the same things year after year. And for uh, a portion of the population, it's, this is the only only story that you hear. Because it's these times or times that we gather and not so much for the rest of the year. And uh, these are the things that we're familiar with and we're used to hearing it a certain way. And... and um, I'm never not going to, to praise God, to praise Jesus. To, that's a big portion of it. But I feel like that God wants more from us than just his, his praise. He wants us to, to learn. He's picked out every single verse, every single word in his word, and it's there for a purpose. It's not there for our entertainment is to show us who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, is to give us instruction. It is to teach us. It is for us to learn, to enhance our lives and be better as we go forward. We're here to learn. So it's good to feel good, to praise Jesus, but these are things that we need to carry with us tomorrow, the next day, and through the rest of our lifetimes. We need to be learning, and not only about God, but also about ourselves, who we are as humans. Why do we do the things we do? We need to know about the enemy that's coming against us so we can defend upon these things, depend upon the enemy, defend against ourselves, our flesh, our sinful ways, to be able to adapt and change and be molded into the people that God wants us to be. So God always has a way and he's able to flow right from what we're doing, right from our series. We're talking about who are you listening to? And we can continue right on with that today as we look into what this Sunday represents, the triumphant entry. So first of all, let's start off with a, a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your love, Father. We ask you to just take myself out of the way, your true trust just shine through, and just open our hearts and minds to receive it. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So, first I want to, before we get in, into it, to what we're expecting today, the, the, the verses that we heard before, I want to paint a picture of what was happening prior. What did Jesus' ministry really look like? And I picked an example that we're going to look at today to kind of build on that as our, our foundation. And that's going to come from Matthew 14, verse 13 through 21. 
When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a deserted place apart. And when the people had heard, therefore, they followed him on foot out of their cities. And Jesus went forward and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. And when it came, it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that may they go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give them to eat. And they said unto them, We have there but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, Bring them hither to me. And he, and he said the command on the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. They all did eat and they were filled. They took up their fragments that remained in the basket that was full. And they had eaten. There was about 5,000 men beside women and children. Okay, so we've all heard about the miracle. Jesus feeding 5,000, he took and he multiplied it and that. So, But that's not our focus for today. I want to look at some of the smaller details and how that fits in with our, our thinking. So the first thing is that, well, first let me, let me ask a question. How many of you are satisfied with your life? Are there things that you would like to be better? Would you like to have better health? Would you like to have better ability? Would you like to have more provision? Is there something that you're, you're lacking that you would want more of or to change? And also, another question is, how do you feel about the world that you're living in today? The world around us, the world we're living in today. Would you say that we're living in a, a, a good world? And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and speculate that to the first question, you answered yes. There is something that you would like to change. All of us have a need. We want to feel better. We want to look better. We want to do better. We want to have better for ourselves. We want more provision. There is something out there that we are longing for. And to the quest question is absolutely not. If we look at the world that we are living in today and you are satisfied with it, you better turn around and look at exactly what you are satisfied with. Because the world that we live in today is corrupt, it is sinful, it is under the influence of Satan, and there are many things that are wrong with it. There are many things that goes against the world, word of God, and it keeps getting worse year after year. We live in a world to say it's all right to kill babies. We live in a world that says that Gender is a, a made-up thing. We live in a world that doesn't preserve what a family is. We live in a world that does not put God first. It's a mess. And it's been this way. Ever since the fall, there 
has always been this need that the world needs to change, that we need to change. We're looking for a hero. And we can see examples of this here. Jesus was in a pretty obscure place. It wasn't populated. And think about the time that this took place. There was no social media. Jesus wasn't standing around taking selfies and, and making Instagram posts. There was no news, no TV, no newspapers. Everything was by word of mouth. Have you heard about this man called Jesus? Listen to the things that he has done. And then whenever we hear something like that, that's when this need kicks in. Well, if only I could have this, if only if I could have that. And we see that this is a form of hope. Every year, thousands upon thousands of people fall victim of scams. Because they get a phone call, they get a, a letter, they get an email of something that talks of something that's too good to be true. That you can do just a little bit of effort upon your part and you can receive a grand prize. You can receive money. You can receive all these things. And even though that we know that's not how the way the world works, even though that we cannot win a contest that we never signed up for, even though that people just pick you out randomly to send you a bunch of money because they're a Egyptian prince or whatever the case may be. But yet... We know all these things, and yet we still fall victim to these scams because of that hope. We're sitting here wanting a change. Wanting a change. So we see all these people, and they left the cities. They all came with their, their longing to gather to, to see this man, to see and hear what he had to say. Nothing more. They wasn't, you know, so many times now we have so many gimmicks. If we want to get people in front of us to hear what we have to say, we have to have a gimmick to get them into the door. We do that with our churches. We'll put on a performance. We'll give away Free things. We'll serve coffee. We'll do anything that we can do to get them in the door. The hopes that they'll listen for just a moment to what we have to say. And that can take root and hopefully build something out of that. We do that when we want to, want to sell something. They'll uh, want you to listen to about buying a timeshare. So they're going to offer you a free prize. All you have to do is take a few hours of your time and we're going to give you a free trip. We're going to give you a free stereo. We're going to give you a free TV. Buy a bed. Receive a free adjustable base. There's always something to get you in. So if we can just get you in the door, we can give you that pitch and hopefully it'll take charge and we'll be able to get more from you. But Jesus wasn't doing any of that. Jesus was here, 
And he was simply telling his truth, giving us the word of God. He didn't want anything from us. He wanted to simply give, to give freely. And these people, they, they came because they have that longing. And Jesus was a, a sign of hope, a change. Could he possibly be that hero that they were looking for? Now, I, I picked this particular verse to work with today because it gave us a number to work with. Because there's many, many different examples of how the masses gathered. We look at the woman with the issue of blood. There was so many people packed into that tiny place that when she grabbed a hold of Jesus's garments, he didn't even know who the exact person was that the power went from him into. Everybody was bustling and bumping together. We've seen that in other places he had to borrow a boat so he could push back from the shore so he could back off from the people a little bit. That every time that he would stop and begin to speak, they would have these mass of people that would come to hear what he had to say and to be healed, to be touched, to have that change. So, a different time today we simply just get in the car and we drive it's no big deal we can cover great distances in a short amount of time if you don't drive no problem call up an uber call up a lift someone else will come and pick you up and take you there we have buses we have planes we have cars we have all different kinds of modes of travel we can get somewhere and we can get there quick we can do it all in a short amount of time. But for these people, their primary source of locomotion was walking. They had to go out and cover the ground. And they said there was about 5,000 men. That was just the men. So there was women. There was children. I would imagine there was probably some servants that wasn't counted. So, 5,000. So in reality, it could be more than double that. Maybe 10, maybe 15. Now we go back and we think about the miracle about Jesus being able to feed all these people with just a, a, a simple bag of lunch. And, and that's great. Praise Jesus for that. But I want you to look at the masses. Somewhere between five and 15,000 people showed up. They walked. They rode on a horse. Some kind of crude way of getting there to listen to this man. To listen and be taught, to be fed. To be healed. That is a grand 
following in a short amount of time. For me, if I was to get 15,000 people to listen to me, I would just be beside myself. And that's with effort. That's with putting it out there and trying to gain a following. This was just in a short amount of time. with no advertisement. They wasn't putting out flyers. They wasn't having radio ads. They didn't have any of these things that we try to lure people in today. It was simply just a want to fill that need in a source of hope. And we have all these people show up. It was a different time. We don't hear much from the Word of God outside of our, our church gatherings, outside of our, our, our teachings. So much of God's healing and God's doing gets pushed away as, as something else. We have so much more now that takes away from God. We seen it. They seen it. They seen the miracles or someone did. And it was passed down. This personal interaction. We like to hear that something's based on a true story. If you pick up a book and it says based on actual events. If there's a, a movie and it says it's based on actual events, it tends to draw you in more. If you look at podcast analysis, true crime, true stories do extremely well. Because we as human beings that are constantly looking for something, we're drawn into things that are true. And we think about, well, if it happened to someone else, it can happen to us. We love a good tale of rags to riches. We love a good recovery story. Because we all are wanting things and longing for things. And we're looking for that. And if it could happen to someone else, it could happen to us. We like to feel that, that proof. John 12, 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, set there forth as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, the king cometh, sitteth on an ass colt. These things understood not his disciples at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered that these things were written of him 
and they had done these things unto him. The people therefore was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead. Bear record. For this caused the people to also meet him, for they had heard that he had done this miracle. And the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world has gone after him. The people then were just like us now. They were looking for a hero. We always set our minds on how things should be done a certain way. They wanted relief right then. They wanted someone to come in and take over and change the world. Change the world they were living in. They wanted a a new leadership. They wanted these oppressive Pharisees to be dethroned. They wanted to have freedom. They wanted to have provision. They wanted to have all these things they were lacking. And they were putting it on the shoulders of the wrong situation. They wanted a hero. But the problem was, Jesus was not the hero that they wanted. He was the hero that we all needed. No one really understood. It's challenging. It's challenging. It can be really disheartening because when you, you teach, you have a message that you want to bring across. Jesus, all along, was telling his disciples, this was the way it was going to be. This is my purpose. It wasn't for right now. It was for all time. Jesus wasn't saving Israel He wasn't saving the people then. He was saving the world for all eternity. So many times when we teach, there's so many things that block the understanding. We have, first of all, these longings that we have. We want to have our needs met and we have these dang feelings that get in the way of everything, that cloud our judgment and cloud our wants and what we do and how we act. And then we have the way we've been taught before, either by misguided teachers, by false teachers, Or just simply by living in the world and absorbing all of this falsehoods that we soon turn in to truth. Last week we talked about how that we get into a situation where we believe so strongly for a certain way that when we finally come to terms, well, that might not be right, we fail 
to swap over. We failed to change our opinion because we've dug in so deep. We don't want to look foolish. We've dug in so deep that we don't think we can turn around. That we don't want to admit that we're wrong and we don't want to accept change. So rather than switching sides, we dig in deeper and dismiss what is the truth and create our own story. And if we want to continue following the Word of God, what we do is we take out our black marker and we just strike through whatever we don't want. And we'll make up an excuse. Well, that doesn't apply anymore. That's from a different time. That doesn't fit in this modern society. That's not what God's talking about. No, you've misunderstood. Well, what about... There's always something that we can justify our actions with. When in reality, we need to follow the Word. Jesus was coming in and they seen him as this hero. They were laying down their palm branches. They was chanting in the streets. They were laying down their garments. They were worshiping him. He was going to save them. But they had the wrong idea. Who are you listening to? You know, not a lot has changed. We still do not realize who Jesus is. We still do not realize what he has already done for us. And we're still looking for a person that's going to come and set the world right. Who's that person that's going to give us these things that we desire? Who is that person that's going to set the world right? Every time we have elections and we got our midpoint elections coming up soon either this year we have people that will stand up and they make promises we've heard through the the past election the presidential election we heard a candidate say well we're going to stop this virus we're going to contain it and stop it, and that's no longer going to be an issue. And on top of that, we're going to cure cancer. And we're going to make your financial burdens better, and we're going to do all of these different things. And then we bypass things like common sense, reality, and we cling to this false hope. We follow this 
false teacher that makes all these promises because they're a man of the world. And we throw our trust into them. We're constantly looking for a leader, just like then. We're looking for someone that is going to change the world and change the situation that we're in. In 2016, everyone thought that the election was going to go a certain way. Papers were already printed up. Magazines were already printed up. The little wax statues were already done. Everybody perceived that everything was going to go a certain way. Because one person was of that world. That's what they've always done. Lifelong politician. The perfect person on paper to fill that role. The other person was something totally different. Not of that world, but of a different world. And yet, that was the person that came through on top. Because time after time after time, we've picked the traditional role. We've picked the person that seems to fit the best. And we wind up having the same results. We don't have that accomplishment that we want to accomplish. So we went with something different. And we got some change. Things were going rather well. In fact, that the only thing that they had to deny this was not facts, but was opinion, was feelings, and was falsehoods. We have to attack the character. We have to attack the persona because the actions were pretty solid. And now we're back to a downward spiral again. But the thing of it is, it's just the same story in a different format. If you look around today, I've seen something that I've never seen before when it comes to elections. You know, we go through and we see all the campaign signs and they're all around all the places and people put them in their yards and... and when it's all over with, they take them down because it's done. But yet, it's over, time has passed, and you still see them blue signs out there. Because people are putting their hope 
in a person that's going to change the world. Now, there's some good and some bad to this. God does use people. And we see examples all through the Word of God. Abraham, David, Ruth, that was able to be used by God and to make change in the world. But none of these, and nobody to come, has or will ever do more for the world than what Jesus has already done. God will always be first and foremost. God is our Heavenly Father. He is our true source of everything. Our provision, our healing, our health, our wants, our needs, and leadership. We see examples all through the Word of God that we are constantly looking for someone to lead us. And God says, here I am. I am your leader. I am guiding you. I've given you everything that you need. But yet, we still want a king. And we want it so bad that we are willing to settle for anything. It's just like we talked about with the scams. We have such a longing for someone that can fulfill our needs that we're willing to bypass every single red flag. We're willing to push it to the side and say, I'm not worried about it, to just to follow that little bit of hope that this might be what we're looking for. We are not going to find that on earth. We are not going to find that here. There is no man, known that is not righteous, no, not one. None of us can fix what has happened to the world. But what we can do is we can accept Jesus Christ. We can follow God. We can let God lead us. And we can come together. We can pray together. We can work together. We can be that family that God has created. We can be that. And that is what will change the world. We have to stop just letting things slip by. Just picking an option and start picking the godly option. That's what these people were doing. They wanted something so bad. 
They wanted something so bad. They wanted that change right then. And they put all their wants, all their efforts into it. And that wasn't what they got. What they got is what they needed. Yeah, you know, Jesus could have came and he could have set up, but that was not his purpose. It's not his purpose to fix right then. His purpose was to fix everything, to restore what man had lost. Restore that connection with God. Restore, restore our place in heaven. Restore everything that we gave away. And not just for, for Jerusalem, not just for the past, but for every single one of us. And when we don't get what we want, we turn against it and we destroy it. These people, they were all listening to themselves and listening to each other. Can you imagine what it was like standing out there in that crowd? You know, because we do it Today, we just do it from afar. We use Facebook and social media and Instagram and all these other things to communicate our, our feelings. And we come up with all these theories and, and hopes and everything. And we throw it all out there. And then we say, well, this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And then we start feeding into it. And we start believing it. And there's no truth to it. Jesus was telling everyone exactly what was going to happen. But no one believed it. Because they wanted something else to happen. And they were so fixated on what they wanted, they couldn't see the truth. So I can imagine that they're cheering and, and they're, they're throwing these things down and, and they're talking about it. Well, there he is. There's the man that's going to save us. There's the man that's going to save us. And they didn't even know what they were talking about. Jesus is up there on that cross. He says, forgive them, Father. They do not know what they do. And how right was he? Because they were so confused. They were so caught up in their own emotions that they couldn't see the truth. And you know what? We are still right there today. We are still right there today. We are so busy fighting about the most ludicrous things that we're missing the big picture. We're missing the only thing that matters, and that is Jesus. There is not a man or a woman or anything else in between, if that don't cover it for everyone today, that can do what Jesus has already done. There is no one that can save your soul. There is no one that can get you into heaven. I don't care what your rank is and whatever church you attend. Jesus is the only way. We've got to start taking that to heart. We want the world to change. We want our situations to change. Who are you listening to? It starts right 
here.